By this time it was noon. Darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They stood there puzzled. Two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. The men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't there. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee? that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. Let's pray. Lord, our Father, we can only imagine what that must have been like when these people like us, believers in you, experience this resurrection firsthand. We thank you for the record that we have of it, and we thank you for the truth of it. Lord God, we thank you that you loved us and love us that much to give your life to die and be raised again from the dead for us and for our sins. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Eight days that changed the world. We started this last Sunday, Palm Sunday, and then, of course, this is the eighth day. And what a difference a day makes, huh? What a difference a day makes. I want to pick up the text and uh, show you what happened here. I'm going to draw your attention to a couple of things. I want to just refer back now, and I tried to emphasize it when I read it, that it was the women, the followers of, of, of Christ, who went first to the grave. So want to just, I'll, I'll come, stay tuned, I'll come back to that. Um, but, but same chapter in, in, uh, in, as we are in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 9. So they rushed back from the tomb, these are the, these are the women, they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in, saw the empty linen wrappings, and then he went home again, wondering what had happened. I'm going to allude to this in a point in just a moment, but I just want you to to note that point. Isn't it interesting that women played such a key role, both in the life of Christ and in in acknowledging the resurrection, being the record, the, the witnesses of, 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 the re, of record, um, I, I would challenge you to find any other, um, I don't necessarily think, 
I'm not always comfortable referring to Christianity as a religion. Um, I will, just for the sake of communication. But I would challenge you to find any other place where women play this key of a role in any other kind of world religion. And, uh, and I just mentioned that. It's, 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 I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I mention it only because for most of my life, and keep in mind, I've lived through the whole equal rights thing and so forth for, for women and so forth. And for most of my life, I've heard uh, Christianity bashed about, um, about it's, 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 you know, sexist or it's, it's you know, chauvinistic or whatever. And, and that's just not the truth. There are people who are followers of Christ who are sexist. And, and who are chauvinistic. There are people who are stand in my position who are sexist and who are chauvinistic. Jesus was not. The Scripture is not. And uh, so just I want to make that very clear because it's just, I think it's, 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 it's Jesus that inspired the words that were said later on. The Apostle Paul wrote them, we are all equal in, in Christ Jesus, whether male, female, Slave or free, black or white, whatever, we're all free. Jesus inspired that. God inspired those words. And uh, I just think it's worth remembering one more time. All right? So uh, just want you, to, want you to hear that. But back to, the, uh, back to the story here. So they rushed to the tomb, and they, they told, you know, the guys, of course, didn't believe them. And uh, Peter, of course, had to go check for himself. Peter was that kind of guy. But then this is an interesting thing that takes place. Here are these two guys walking. Well, I'll show you. The text shows us this. Back to, uh, back to Luke. The same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. So just picture this. Now, here are these two guys. Not, not really an unusual scene. Walking down the road. And some guy just kind of, you know, comes out of the side, you know, out of the brush or out of the desert or whatever, and just kind of, hey, how are you guys doing? Yeah. And just starts walking with him. Not necessarily something that's, that's a not, you know, that's not a, it's a pretty everyday occurrence. Um, so they just start talking with him. And this is Jesus talking in verse, uh, in verse 17. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And you can just see this picture. They stop short. Sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, a Cleo or Cleopas, I call him Cleo, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. They're like, are you kidding me? What, you've been under a rock or something, you know? Boy, you're slow this morning. Come on, think about that. <laughs> Thank you, Donnie. Somebody, somebody, somebody gets my humor. Um... um it's like, hey, dude, I mean, don't you read the Jerusalem Post? What are you doing? I mean, it's, it's been like, you know, it, it's just been consuming. And you can see that because they, they go ahead and they say this. they like, uh, what things? There in verse, Jesus says, what things? Verse 19, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet and did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and our other religious leaders hand, handed him over to, the condemn, to be condemned to death. They crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Where you been? You know? I mean, you see this going on, this, this, this exchange going on here. And, of course, you know, it, it, Jesus, keep in mind, Jesus was, was perfect. Had this been me, I'd have been messing with him, okay? 
Yeah. I'd have just, you know, I'd have, I'd have milked that for a lot. Just, but Jesus was perfect, and he, he, was, he was trying to make a point, and he was doing so in a, in a, in a very gracious way. And, uh, and they were like, yeah, so, so they go on, and they talked about this. Next, verse 22, then some women, they, they're, they're still doing the narrative. They're still t- telling, telling Jesus what happened, even though they don't know who Jesus is. And some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they had seen angels who told him, Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. So Jesus is taking all this in. They don't recognize who he is. Watch this, verse 25. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people! You find it so hard to believe all, all that the prophets wrote in the Scriptures? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I mean, this is is amazing to me. Here they are walking along, and and these guys say this, and Jesus says, Hey, hey guys, don't you remember back to Hebrew school? Don't you remember Isaiah? They would know Isaiah. They they were good Jewish guys. They went to Hebrew school. Uh, Don't you remember Isaiah? Remember what Isaiah said about the coming Messiah? Remember Jeremiah? Remember Jeremiah talking about this? I mean, come on, come on, guys, work with me. Come on. You know, he, he's just, it's just like he's, he's refreshing their memory of all the things that, they, that he knew they knew. But, and it's like, wow, yeah. So he, he's just basically giving them, a, giving them a, a good little scriptural discourse right there. So they go on, verse 30, they sat down to eat. He took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as we talked with us, as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There, they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. He had also, he appeared to Peter. He appeared to Peter also. And he said, yes. And this is Jesus talking. He said, yes, it is written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Ancient, uh, ancient, not ancient, but preacher from the 1800s, uh, Bushnell put it this way, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is absolutely the best attested fact in ancient history. Kind of interesting to stop and think, and, and I spent a lot of time on this Easter Sunday last year. Not that you would remember that. I mean, I don't expect that. You know, it's kind of like somebody says, so what did you, what did you speak on uh, last Easter? I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, I watch 24, and if they don't have the little thing ahead of time that what happened the week before, I would, I, w- I would totally have forgotten, you know? I would be like, oh, Jack's dead. Oh, gee. Um, um, so I check my notes. I got really good notes, and I, and I have a computer, and, and, and uh, keep, keep good, good close track of that. But last, last year, I talked a lot more about this. I, these, I'm going to do some different things, and I'm just going to spend a couple minutes on it. But it's, it's, just, it's kind of fun, I think, to do this, and it's also kind of... Not just fun, but it's, it's very thoughtful to stop and to think about 
the huge practical problems there would be if Jesus hadn't been resurrected, if he hadn't risen from the dead. Just, just a few of them. Selfishness would be normal. You say, well, <laughs> you ought to work where I work. Um, yeah, but you know what? Selfishness still isn't applauded, even in a heathen environment, so to speak. Because even if you, you can hear this in any, in any bar and summit, oh, that guy's a selfish son of a gun, you know? Um, it's still not something looked upon with, with uh, affirmation. Women really wouldn't have any value had Jesus not come. I challenge you to go to some other country where Christianity has had no influence. I didn't say Christian nation, but where, where Christianity has had no influence. See how women are treated. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's terrible, but uh, it's real. Jesus is, I, Jesus is responsible for that. And um, granted, you know, just like Dr. King was used for the African-American community, there have been many women over the years that have been used, in, whether it be suffrage or whether it be other kinds of things. But, but uh, Jesus is the one that recognized all people, male, female, White, black, brown, yellow, wherever they come from, all of equal value. Amazing. Bitterness. Bitterness would be encouraged. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and get bitter. It's okay, go ahead. And of course we would. Yeah, yeah it's good, it's good for you. Stay, just stay bitter. Just enjoy that bitterness. I'm kind of, I've really had to stretch, struggle this morning because I, I had a little bitterness hanging on to me. Um, and I, I just, I mean, it just hit me last night. I got an email last night from one of our guys. I'm in this uh, uh, bracket, you know, for the final four. And there's a bunch of us from Renaissance. And if you want to be in that next year, let me know. There's a bunch of us who've been in it a couple of years. And I'm, I'm, I'm so totally messed up. But that's not what really I'm bitter about. But there's already, even before the final game, we already have a winner. And you know who it is? Clay Poor. <laughs> I got to tell you, I read that email. I'm like, I'm supposed to talk about Jesus and his love tomorrow morning after reading this little thing. Um, I, I even tried to post something, but I screwed it up. So nobody got to see my, I didn't answer to everybody. And uh, Anyway, I'm glad I didn't. But um, no, there, there are many things that, 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 that we can hold on to in bitterness. We know it's wrong. Without Jesus, we'd be saying, yeah, go ahead. Be bitter. Doesn't matter. Hate those people. Um, envy your neighbor would replace love your neighbor. Yeah, think about that. Envy your neighbor would replace you. Go ahead. There's nothing wrong with envying what your neighbor has. Want, want, and, and, and by the way, envy, don't forget, I've said it, but, but don't forget, envy is not just wanting what somebody else has, it's not wanting them to have it. That's envy. So those of you who got that iPad, no, we need to talk. Anyway, uh, um, greed would be taught at, 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 at elementary school. In elementary school, I would greed, yeah, be greedy, go ahead, be greedy, greed's good. You know, we'd run that film, you know, Wall Street, greed is good, you know? Um, that, would be, that would be affirmed. We would say, look at Madoff. Now, he knew how to do it. Do what he did, you know? Without, without the principles and the values of Christ. Hope, that'd be a foreign concept. We don't even know what hope is. 
just like it was before Christ came, just a hopeless culture. I don't know if you can imagine that or not. Prayer would just simply be talking to oneself. You know, just sometimes, sometimes it may seem like that now, but you're not. God's listening. Sometimes people think you're doing that. If you're like me, I pray oftentimes in my car, and oftentimes my lips are moving, not always, and oftentimes I'm, out talk, I'm talking out loud, praying out loud. I say, oh, Lord, you know, pray for me, you know, talk about you and others. And, and if my top's down, it's, I, I have to be careful because then people can hear me, you know. <laughs> I might be praying about somebody doing, you know, like, oh, gosh. They really, look, they really look at you strangely, too. And what I do when I get caught doing that, I just grab my, my earphone and put it up like I'm talking on the phone, you know, so they won't think I'm totally nuts. <laughs> but um, but prayer, prayer would be just talking to yourself. It's not. It's not. Freedom would be a myth. I mean, anything but any kind of freedom. You'd be enslaved to every kind of addictive thing that, that you have a, a desire for. Not all of us have the, the same desires for the same stuff, but it would just be a part of your deal, whatever your enslavement of choice might be, whether that be a behavior pattern or a chemical or, or, or something else. And, you know, forgiveness, forgiveness would be impossible. It would just be impossible. You would, not know for, you would not know how to forgive because you, you would never, you've never been forgiven. And if you haven't been forgiven, how can, you, how can you really forgive anybody? You know what it is. Everything rides upon forgiveness. There is, that, that, that last verse, 47, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Mankind was perfect. He was created perfectly by God. We fell. We broke the world, you, me, all of us. And then God sent his only son, Jesus, to be perfect, to live a perfect life, to suffer, die, and be raised again, that we might have forgiveness for our sins and life eternally and, 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 and fulfillment as well. So, forgiveness, real quick, real quick, I just want to hit three real quick things on this, and, uh, and we're going to get you out of here. But three real quick things um, as we talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness, first of all, liberates. Liberates us from our sins, obviously. Gives us a totally clean slate. It liberates us also from sinful, destructive patterns of behavior. I know there's a there's a, some people don't always like the, the term addiction, a person, particularly when it doesn't necessarily apply to a, a chemical or a substance. And some people, but, but you know, destructive patterns of behavior can be addictive. You, can, you, get into, you just get into a rut and you just can't get out. Well, because Jesus came and gave us forgiveness for our sins, we also then can we also then can, can, can be liberated from those sinful, destructive patterns. You know, it we, we, you know, liberates us from what we deserve. I can't tell you how many times people say, well, you know, I, I, really, I really don't deserve to be forgiven, or I really don't deserve this or that. I'm like, bingo, you're right, you don't. Neither do I. I don't deserve anything. But that is why Jesus came. Forgiveness liberates, forgiveness reciprocates. You know what? No one knows how to forgive like the forgiven. 
When you've been forgiven, it does something to you where you're able to now forgive. And actually, there are many verses that talk about that. Is That is, forgive one another just as God through Christ forgave you. Great verse there. There's many places. That's in Ephesians. Forgiveness reciprocates. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes Smeeds, I think it was, that said, uh, forgiving is a journey, sometimes a long one. <laughs> forgiveness motivates. See, what do you mean by that? Well, forgiveness not only liberates, not only reciprocates, but it motivates to live in a way that is worthy of the forgiveness that you have received. In a, in a way that's going to honor God and others because you have been forgiven. Some people are always afraid, well, if, if, if somebody's forgiven for their sins, they're going to just go right back to them. Not if they really understand forgiveness. And that doesn't mean they're going to be perfect either. But it's because we have, we, we have a motivation, a greater motivation at least, to, to, to live in a way that's worthy of the forgiveness that we have experienced. Motivates. Long time ago, just let me tell you this. <clears throat> there was a tape about me. Cassette tape, okay? Audio tape. <laughs> let me make that clear. <sighs> Who would ever have thought you'd have to explain that? Uh, and it was, I, I wasn't on the tape, but it had taken place a long time ago in a meeting, kind of a church kind of meeting, sort of, kind of. Maybe, and uh, and there were some pretty hateful things said about me. I, I know, hard for you to imagine anybody saying anything negative about me, but believe me, just follow me around for an hour, you'll find lots of things you can say negatively about me. Um, and a friend of mine who happened to be in that little meeting gave it to me. I don't know, a few months or a year after that happened. And I listened to it, and some of it was just pure um, embellishment. Some of it was true. Some of it was just total, be, uh, total fabrication. Um, it's Easter. Come on, you know, clean it up here a little bit. Um, some of it was total fabrication. Um, but as I said, some of it was true. So I listened to the tape, and I knew the two, there's a, two or three, I can't remember, two or three people who had said some pretty rough things. And I knew him. I kept that tape. Better listen to it. Kept it in my stuff. Moved into my office where I am now. And, and our offices are in Milburn. Um, when, when was that? O two, December O two. Saw that tape and put it in my desk. My, my, my office, by the way, you probably would go look at my office now and say, this looks like it did when he just moved in. Yeah, it kind of does, but that's another story. But I kept that tape and opened that tape. I listened to it one or two more times. A couple years, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, I was doing something. It was on a Saturday. Nobody was there. I happened to pull that drawer open. I saw that tape. I said, hmm. Nobody was in the office, and so I, I went and, you know, trying to find a cassette player. So I went into Steve's, where his, Steve has all his stuff. And I, I really like being there by myself sometimes because I go mess with Steve's stuff. <laughs> I can never do it if he's there. But if he's there, don't tell him. But if he's not there, I go and mess with it and stuff and can just pretend I'm an engineer and back in radio and stuff. Anyway, so I looked for, some, uh, I looked for a cassette player. I found one. Now listen to it one more time. 
I thought, this, this is bad. So I went outside. It was a nice day. And I put it on our paved parking lot, and I put my heel on it, and I just crushed it. That wasn't enough. I looked around. It wasn't very many. I found a little rock over in the corner. <laughs> I got the rock, and I'm sitting like, I'm doing like this on my hands, and he's just pounding the side. And I didn't think at the time, what if somebody drives into the parking lot? The, the pastor has flipped out. He's on his hands and he's boom, 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 not having any idea what the heck I'm doing. I smashed that thing in little tiny smash. And, and then I picked it all up, just for the, for you, so you know I'm not a litter bug. Um, I picked it all up, put it in the dumpster. Man, that felt good. So I'm done. I'm free. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to tell you how many years that was. It was too many. I don't, I don't even know exactly. I'm not going to go do the math either. But it was too many. You see, there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can do that if I don't understand the forgiveness that Christ has given me. I don't understand the, the fact that it deliberates and it reciprocates and it, and it motivates me. Follow that little drama up with an email to the people that I knew that were on that tape saying, been thinking about you, been praying for you. God bless you. I hope you're doing well. And I meant it when I sent it. And most of the time now. You can't do that unless you understand the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in your life. You just can't. And my prayer for you is, is for you to, to stop and reflect, and maybe it's not going to be that dramatic for you, but to stop and reflect and to think and allow God to forgive you and then give you that liberation that comes with it and that ability to reciprocate and that motivates you to live in a way that's going to honor him. I'm going to, let me pray for us. Let me pray for us. I'm going to get the guys to come back up and the ladies and the band to come up and, and do one more song for us to get us out of here for Easter. But let me pray for us. God, oh God, we are so thankful for your love. We don't deserve it, and we, uh, we display that probably most every day. But we are so grateful for the love, the grace, the forgiveness that you provide for us. God, we pray that this day would be one day of just celebrating that, remembering that, and that it would carry on into the, the week and, and even the year. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.